first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Yeah. You're making fun of my snow situation. It is very snowy here in Washington, D.C. It was I was eating on my deck uh, yesterday, and today it is yeah. covered with snow. And you are in, what, 76-degree weather? Well, we had something strange here called a cloud. Yeah. And everyone's freaking out. <laughs> There's a um, lot of, of course, Clara's thrilled about the whole the Golden Child is thrilled. And she woke up and said... I don't, you know, we've had COVID throughout the house, except for me and Clara yeah. and Louie. And so we've been, I've been taking care of her pretty much all the time. And she's, um, she's a lot of fun, but she woke up, she fell off the bed last night, all kinds of things. So it's, it's a lot going on in our house. And she, but she woke up this morning and went, oh, snow. Wow. And then you can't feel bad about anything after that. So everyone's fine though, right, Karen? Oh uh, yeah, nobody's gotten sick, you, you know. But there's been a lot of COVID. We were worried about the baby getting it, but the baby has apparently some immunity with Amanda. And but the the but Clara hasn't, Louis hasn't, hasn't, and I haven't so far. And so you know, what is what it is. It, it's not great because you have to keep, uh, you know, you you don't want to get other people to get it. But and my mom got it. Uh, my brother got it. My sister Your mom got, got it. it. Lucky yeah. got it. How's yeah, lucky she's not particularly careful. I'll be honest with you. My nephew had yeah. it. And they were together at Christmas. Um, she didn't come down to Christmas at my house because Alex had it. It's just like, it's literally the gift that yeah. keeps on giving. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. Go we ahead. haven't got it yet. Oh, not getting Omicron is my new Squid Games. So <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, how, how can I survive today's? I have a very social family. So I'm uh -huh. like, all right, where do I mask? What do I opt out of? Yeah. Where do I decide to just sit outside? Well, you've got, you're lucky there. You can sit outside and do a lot of things. Uh, you know, Lucky's yeah. headed to Florida, just so you know. She's going to be there all She is. Lucky's coming in? Yeah, she is. She's coming to your house. I didn't know if I told <laughs> she's you. She's coming in. But she's staying. She's going to Omicron your house. Omicron she's or whatever. Bringing, <laughs> she's bringing Omicron. Bring she literally is, oh, God. But Whatever. she was fine. She had no problems. Yes, she yes. Wasn't... A little bit of cold. You know, I had gotten her. I, I had really bugged her about She sort of was annoyed by me, but I made her get boosted. Not too, yeah. too, too, way too long. Because you didn't she want did... her to die just yet? No, well, none of this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I not to kill this. her myself. No, That's good. Uh, no, but I want her not to take care of herself. She doesn't take it seriously. She never has. So, uh, but she got boosted and, and, you know, it's just, she's she's fine right now. So that's good. That's, there it is. And it's going to snow in New York, so she'll be, I'll, she can't go anywhere and spread the disease to people. She's like, I'm thinking of going to FedEx Day. I'm like, no, no, you need to not go anywhere, Lucky. Like, by the way, what did you do for New Year's, Scott? We went to London. We had a fantastic holiday. We yeah. saw Chelsea play Everton. We saw Tottenham play Liverpool. We went to the Imperial War Museum. This was a trip for daddy. Soccer and war museums. Yeah. And I'm sitting in front 
of screens at the War Museum lecturing my 11-year-old about how Dunkirk was the turning point of the war. war and I'm literally like, oh, my God, I'm yeah. 90. Yeah. I'm 90. And we Dunkirk. watched Dunkirk <laughs> every night. Did. We did yeah. a different British movie. We did, watched yeah. Dunkirk. There's we so watched um, 1917. We watched Downton Abbey, oh, which yeah, I the, love. Did you see Downton Abbey? Coming. There's a new There's a new one. Of course I've a seen Downton Abbey. There's a movie. There's a new movie. Of, I watched. No, well, the movie I came went out. to see Spider-Man in the theater last night with Alex. Well, Down Abbey, um, that's what I'm talking about. I saw Down Abbey, oh, the movie. By the, the way, movie. Oh, good. The new one. Yeah, the new it, movie. It came, out, it came out like six months ago. Clearly, you didn't see it. Anyways, it's one. I love Down Abbey. I buy into yeah. all of it. And I, yeah. it's amazing because in America, one in three relationships begin at work. I'm convinced in mid-century, mid-20th century England, mm-hmm. two in three relationships began at Downton Abbey. Yes, I mean, they are all in love They're with each other. all going at it. They're, all the servants, yeah. the, the upper My class, second valet is in love with the seamstress in town. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... They're all, the whole show is just about worrying over nothing in the relationships. And a lot of food serving. A lot of food serving. I love love the cook. She's my favorite character on that show. Um, Anyway, I slept through New Year's with with the Golden Child. I slept. I fell asleep with the Golden Child. We fell asleep. That was it. We watched like the the Grinch. Uh, great, he's got COVID, but fine, just seemingly fine. You know, good. I haven't seen him. I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. I haven't seen Amanda. She's up in yeah. the attic. That was my New Year's. I slept. We slept through. We ate by. I ate with the golden child, and we slept through it. You know what? That's not all bad. Mom and the newborn in the attic for a few weeks. That's not all bad. <laughs> okay, that's what I call right, being a husband. That's called being a husband. I don't know. Whatever. I, at this point. But in any case, today we're going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene getting kicked off of Twitter. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Tesla and some new challenges for Netflix abroad. But this Omicron variant, all joking aside, has pretty much ruined the holidays. And is uh, although it's not as... Um, the death numbers are much lower uh, and the sickness numbers are lower, but people, but there's record numbers at the same time. The U.S. shattered its daily case count several times in the past week, reporting over half a million cases on Thursday. Over 4,000 flights were canceled Sunday because of Omicron-related disruptions, and that includes staffers who can't go into work. Uh, JetBlue preemptively canceled over 1,000 flights through mid-January. It's crazy. The current wave could peak in the U.S. by the end of January, if not sooner, according to Dr. Fauci. I would imagine... Given the size of our country and the diversity of vaccination versus not vaccination, that it likely will be more than a couple of weeks, probably by the end of January, I would think. I've been thinking a lot about Omicron, mm-hmm. as I imagine everyone else has. Uh, and obviously, any death is a tragedy, and I, I'm not saying we should be lax, but isn't Omicron effectively the equivalent of the Fox vaccine? And that is, and hear me out here. <laughs> okay. It, Privately, in terms of what they actually do, yeah, News Corp and all its employees have really embraced vaccines. They have. Yeah. You can't get into the building without a vaccine. Yeah. They're all double vaxxed and boosted. Mm-hmm. The guy who runs the entire place and owns it got it ends up the vaccine vaxxed. in December. Yeah, and makes people test if they want to come to his uh, birthday party. Yeah, and then they go on air and they realize there's a capitalist opportunity to feed people the conspiracies that they want to confirm their biases. So Indeed. they undermine the credibility of Dr. Fauci, and keep raising concerns around the vaccine. And so I think there's some truth to the notion that all of America is going to be bucketed into the three cohorts. There's going to be the vaccinated, the recovered, and the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And isn't Omicron, and it's a terrible way to get there, but mm-hmm. isn't Omicron basically saying, all right, let's figure out who's in bucket two and three with greater, greater um, <laughs> contagious factors, uh, but what looks like to be hopefully lesser lethal. Are we going to look back on this era and go, this was a very expensive way 
to surge and burn and get through this. And isn't it sort of what Fox says about the vaccine? They claim that the vaccine gives you antibodies. We're not against it, but it's more dangerous than it actually is. Isn't yeah. isn't this effectively kind of the Fox vaccine? <laughs> okay, if you want to call it that. I do think it's an interesting thing. I think people, I think more importantly is the, the weariness factor of people that they're, you know, not yeah, being less done. careful, but they're sort of done. I mean, I know, I know they're done in Florida. They've been done since the beginning of the Pandemic. Did you see what Governor Polis said in Colorado? He's amazing. I love I love Jared. He um he Sorry, really I, Jared. He, I know him pretty well. But go ahead. He struck a tone uh, that really captured a lot of people's yeah. imagination. I think he's actually I think he could be a Veep candidate at some point. But uh, he said we need to live our lives mm-hmm. and be smart, get vaccinated, distance, have respect for people who might be vulnerable. But you know, Coloradans get out there. We need to live our lives, and yeah. the entire world just nodded their head. Right. Yeah. Um, he was able to strike a tone that didn't feel partisan. Yeah. Colorado has the benefit of being. In he's my quite opinion, a centrist. Like, a, he's he's a fascinating he's history. A centrist. He's yeah. a fascinating. You know, I met him when he, his parents started Blue Mountain Arts, and he was actively involved. And if you remember, it was one of the. Mm-hmm. I wrote a big profile of them for the Wall Street Journal 100 years ago. It was the biggest site. It was that greeting card site. kind of Card this. company. And then he started Pro Flowers. Then he, that was part of it. And then he had a, yeah. you know, a cake service and this and that off it. The same stuff. Yeah. It was all around things with birthdays and, and things like that. And and Blue Mountain Arts got uh, sold for, six, I think it was $600 million to Excite at yeah. Home, if you remember. And one of the things was his parents were super hippie. You know, they're famous running around in their Volkswagen van kind. That was their, their story. Mm-hmm. Lovely people, by the way. And she called me when they had the offer. She shouldn't have done it. I was covering them. And she's like, what should we do? I'm like, take cash. That's all I said, take cash. And then, of course, oh, everything yeah. collapsed right after they sold yeah. it. But Greening card company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, um, he's a really interesting entrepreneur. And then he, um, uh, you know, he's gay. He has a longtime partner. Um, yep. he's, uh, he's super centrist, I would say, but also sensible. Yeah. Like, not like... Sometimes centrists can seem wishy-washy. He's quite progressive in a diff- in interesting ways. And so Colorado's a great state in that. They have quite conservatives, and then they have people who are very sort of hippie, like his parents. So it's a- well, a governor, you're, you're supposed to be an operator, not an ideologue. And yeah. a lot of governors, because yeah. they're all focused on Iowa, turn into ideologues as, a, as opposed to running the actual state. And he— does what he's supposed to do. Do you know who what? who famous business magazines in the 90s compared him to and consistently who? used in the same breath? Who? He was the founder of Pro Flowers, and then there was a young man oh, who was the envelope. founder of Red Envelope. <laughs> and he goes on to be fucking governor, and I'm here with you. What happened? What happened? Well, Where he, did I he, go wrong? He's a really interesting politician. I find him to be, he's just, he's I think he's a VIP candidate. I, I used to call him Michael candidate. J. Fox. His parents were sort of, remember that show, Family Ties or whatever? Like he mm-hmm. always had the briefcase and the suit and they had, like, they were like, Kara, would you like some like ginseng tea and stuff like that? Just a fascinating character. And he's actually exactly right. I think Democrats, if they, there was a good story about this, if they leaned the way he is doing it, it would be a much better thing than allowing all these, you know, screamers and crazy conspiracy theory people to sort of dominate the conversation. He just shuts it down, Mm -hmm. essentially, which I think is really effective. Um, You know, next up, Apple's pulling out its wallet to stem brain drain at the company. Another thing is Mm -hmm. people not working paid some engineers bonuses up to $180,000 in stock grants. The point to stop the flow of employees to Meta and other tech companies. Uh, Meta's alerted by about 100 engineers from Apple in recent months, which is interesting. They have an ongoing war going on. Um, The return to the office plans rattled some employees. They didn't want to go back to the office. Um, So there's going to be a real talent. You know, you think there's a, you know, you see sort of Sizzler fighting against Wendy's, you know, pick, you can see it, uh, you know, playing out with on their, 
on their um, placards out front. But here in, the, in Silicon Valley, it's the same thing. More talent wars. I mean, first off, at a very micro level, you can imagine that Mark Zuckerberg has told every recruiter working at and for Facebook, which is probably an army of people, mm-hmm. special bonus and uninterrupted eye contact for me if you recruit someone out of Apple. I mean, they hate each other, right? <laughs> yes, so he said, <laughs> he said, oh, I would love to just get that place from the inside out. Yeah. And uh, so you can imagine there's a special bonus for everyone involved yeah. if you recruit someone out of Apple. Yeah. And I'm seeing it everywhere, uh, inflation and wage pressure uh, in tech at, at, at every level. Um, you're just seeing incredible upward momentum around uh, wage pressure. It's everywhere. Yeah, and they're hiring up for their metaverse stuff. They're, you know, they're putting the money behind it, putting a lot of wood behind that arrow. And so I think it'll be an interesting situation to keep people there. You know, Apple's always had a very stable workforce, I think, of people working there. It hasn't mm-hmm. ever sort of getting drawn into this kind of fighting that used to go on between Facebook and Google, really, or, you know, yeah. Microsoft and Google, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to try to figure out for all these tech companies, not just Apple, how to keep people in the office, how to keep them satisfied when there's people have now gotten used to living elsewhere. Um, they're going to really have to be very innovative in how they hold on to people. Everybody is, but particularly tech companies. But the thing that blows me away, and I think 2022, I think there's going to be so many unlocks and you know, oftentimes, often, actually more often than not, a period post a crisis is uh, an incredibly innovative prosperous time because mm-hmm. it, it forces you to rethink things and you come yeah. back and a lot of the dry brush gets gets burnt and it just creates tons of innovation, incredible eras of prosperity. And I think one of the fuels or one of the real unlocks, if you will, is we keep talking about what we've lost, not going back into the office. And if you think about if somebody is spending an hour each way to work and back, which is just not Unthinkable between putting on a pantsuit, makeup, blow drying your hair, getting to the subway station, getting into work, getting. I mean, I, I remember when I was working at Morgan Stanley, from the time you entered the building mm-hmm. to the time you got to your desk, it was 12 minutes. <laughs> so if you take an hour each way, five days a week, 10 hours, 500 weeks a year, that's 12 weeks. Yep. You're playing with 12 weeks and somewhere between twenty dollars and $30,000 in yeah. savings to try and make up for that loss of productivity and electricity. It's just, I think this, the, the, and every time they push back back in the office, it gets harder and harder to go yeah. back. I think yeah. we've actually gone past the point of no return. I really mm-hmm. don't, I think there's going to be very few companies that demand everyone be back yeah. five days a week. I, yeah. We've gotten so good at renting our human capital to the organization, and it's an incredible unlock. It's going to, I think it's going to increase productivity. Unfortunately, it's going to create more pressures around inequality because two thirds of people over the who make over two hundred thousand dollars can work from home, and less yep. than t- about a third who make less than sixty thousand can can work from home. So again, there's not only we're going to hear more not only about income inequality, but we're going to hear about lifestyle inequality. And that is, if you're an information age worker, you're going to have the opportunity to be home yep. when your kids get home, take care of a sick parent, and again, people making under the sixty thousand dollars aren't going to have those luxuries. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it'll be interesting what happens to downtowns and real estate. They, as we've talked yeah. about many, 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 many times. But you're absolutely yeah. right. You know, you know how long it's been since I've been in the office? Thirty years. <laughs> yeah. You know, you were you were ahead of the curve there. I literally, they were mad at me. I used to say I'm at the movies whenever they asked where I wasn't in the office. I heard a different side of that. I heard they were just fine with that. <laughs> They're like, no problem, Kara. You be you. You stay there. You stay there. Took a dig at me already. The first dig of 2022. First of uh, many, first I of many. Because uh, you're hopelessly jealous about my life. All right, Scott, time for our first big story. 
Twitter permanently banned Marjorie Taylor Greene's personal account from posting for posting COVID-19 misinformation. What a shock. She's been saying vile things all the time, but this is what got her. Her final strike, which is her fifth, was a tweet featuring a misleading graph purporting to show deaths related to COVID-19 vaccines. She's been warned a number of times, and Twitter's got this policy of five strikes, essentially different strikes. Her account has been, had been temporarily suspended uh, before, uh, most recently in July, for tweeting incorrect information on vaccines and masks. She still has access to her official congressional account, which she hasn't misbehaved on, as Donald Trump tried to do with his, which caused him to suspend it. Um, and uh, and so she's off. She's off. So she then posted, she's on Getter. She's always been on Getter saying, and also on Telegram, saying uh, Twitter is an enemy to America and can't handle the truth. Mostly they can't uh, handle her lies. Uh, and so they tossed her off. And speaking of Getter, uh, Joe Rogan joined the social network. Of course, he's still on Twitter talking about joining the social network over the weekend. Um, he said rejoice um, and that in case things get dicey over at Twitter. But I did notice he didn't quit Twitter. Um, and he, of course, had a famous virologist, controversial virologist, uh, Robert Malone, who was suspended from Twitter for his postings about the vaccines. This guy is, he calls himself the inventor of mRNA. He's, in fact, one of the many important people to its development. That is true. I'm not sure if he can claim the inventor status. Um, but nonetheless, we have a situation again on the Twitter. Lather, rinse, repeat. Lather into a rage. Rinse toxic bile and repeat. What do you think? Uh, well, there's a lot there, but I think Parag has a huge opportunity here, and that is to bust out of this myth that somehow uh, Twitter is the town square and has mm -hmm. some sort of weird fidelity to the First Amendment. And yeah. Parag's opportunity is to take what is just sort of blatant misinformation and junk science mm -hmm. that's being spread, or people who are just hateful, and not only that, clean up the bots. Yeah. and. He has an opportunity here, and by the way, he doesn't owe anyone anything. He doesn't owe Marjorie. He doesn't even. He doesn't even owe us consistency. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, that's true. Consistency would be good company. and transparency. Let us just be clear. The more tra they have gotten caught, as you said, in this sort of First Amendment bullshit argument uh, th that they let these people do. There's almost no um, winning in a lot of ways, right? So if they they police them, they're censoring them. If they kick them off, they're censoring them. But then if they leave them on, they get this massive megaphone yeah, to push lies. But, but it's it's been pers okay. And uh, as always, we always we always regress. So, wow, it's a big problem. It's it's a problem of their own making, which benefits them. They can throw up their arms and always default to let's just let it be the wild west, so we can sell more Nissan ads because mm -hmm. a lot of this content that is false and damaging creates tremendous engagement and more Nissan ads. Mm -hmm. So it's. It, it, the problems just aren't that huge. They could figure this shit out. And then when we have people come on and talk about the edge case of uh, when, I, when I say identity would be really important, I think two-thirds of the real bullshit is bots and people who yep. are, have masks on uh, claiming to be something they're not and just constantly – I mean, the comment section of the, the yes, replies are really what damage people yeah. but or damage ideas is because you see them and you don't say, oh, this is a bot. You go, oh, this is another viewpoint. Mm -hmm. But they they don't need any they don't they don't need to explain they could clean it all up and then there's this edge case ridiculous argument that what about the human rights journalists yeah. in the Gulf and it's like okay the point oh 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 one percent of people who need anonymity they could actually they could absolutely figure that out yeah. and he's got a big opportunity to clean up his house yeah. and also As get the said. numbers legitimate so I hope he 
does I hope he I hope he kicks a lot of people off on the right and the left. It's a, and, it was a strong call. I have to say, it's a, she's she's an easy person to. to she's such a, a screaming meme, but um, she's she. He was the right call. I had I did an interview with Dick Costlow today on Sway, so he talks a little bit about Parg and um, also the difficult he ran it. When of course when this started, this whole thing began, um, and it wasn't where it was. He was lucky to sort of escape the CEO years. of seven years ago at Twitter. That seems like a guess no, you'd get for us here on Pivot. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's just listen. It's a really good interview about how it works there. And I think you'll find it interesting as usual. That's the second insult of 2002. And I have mm. only asked you about yourself. I like Dick. He's a nice guy. He does yeah. CrossFit. Yeah. And um, he does do CrossFit. He's very fit. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is, is is the whole conservative social network scene. Um, I, I interviewed Jason Miller, who runs Getter, where Rogan went. Um, mm-hmm. And Parler uh, is run by Candace Owens' husband, uh, George Farmer, who we'll be talking to soon. Hmm. Um, it launched in 2018. Obviously, it got into a little trouble last year, post an interview I did with its former CEO. Um, and the, they, they were shut down. They, they're back. They're back by the Mercers, et cetera. Um, they signed a deal with Melania Trump to do her NFT project with them. Obviously, True Social might launch in 2022. That's Trump's thing. Who knows? He could have yeah, gone with act. either of them. There's Rumble, mm. the conservative YouTube, which I think is super popular. It has deals with Glenn Greenwald and Tulsi Gabbard. Um, do you think this is the year these break out, or is it just going to be like a fight in the mud with these, with a knife, as they, Logan Roy says, speaking of the Rupert Murdoch? You should go first, sir. You know more about this than I do. I have not been following these guys. Well, you know— and it, it, Let's be honest, they're guys. What's interesting <laughs> is each of them, yeah. off the record, will call each other shifty grifters, which is incredible. It's just like— oh, they, really? they're so, And, of course, they do throw people off, uh, get her threw off a, a white supremacist. Um, they do have rules. Uh, I think Bar Parler did. Whatever. They, they, they're running into the same issues the others have had, right, on a different scale. And they have to be very careful because they're all pushing themselves as the free speech networks. But at the same time, they have to, they run afoul of the bigger uh, vendors if they keep, you know, do what Parler did, which is let anything go, essentially. Um, But at the same time, they want to attract people like Rogan, et cetera. And so, you know, I, I think the big outlier here is Trump, if he actually creates this social network and he gets traction. That's the thing. It's got to get traction. But for right now, there's sort of all fighting each other, and it's still too small a group of people for that much firepower, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. There's there's, there's interest in it, obviously. Obviously, Fox News does very well. I don't know. What do you own and whatever that other one is? I think, th- I think they're – I think they're relegated to never being more than real tiny niches because I think the thing about social or the genius of it is that the content, which is really exp- it's really expensive to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I watching now? The the you know the sex lives of college girls or landscapers. I mean, mm-hmm. and the the kind of the gorgeous idea of of social was it said, "Hey, customers, you create our content for free." And the thing that makes the content interesting. Is the friction the the thing people like about this show is mm-hmm. the kind of the friction between Kara and Scott? It's the tension in social that makes things interesting. And yeah. when it's a basically the membership of a Georgia country club yelling at each other and confirming each other's biases, yeah, that's interesting for about a hot minute. Uh, so I don't. I think they're just niches. I don't think they go anywhere. Well, what happens that, when Trump appears? He should have done a deal with either Getter or Parler or whatever, and he didn't. And or Rumble. I think he has some deal with Rumble, but you know what. 
what what is his going to be? Like, it's just him yelling, right? Like, DWAC. I don't know. Other than an incredible I short opportunity, so. it's got a two and a half billion dollar market cap. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. I I just think I'm just very excited because I think Devin Nunes is an outstanding, thoughtful executive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> CEO Devin Nunes. I mean, that's literally like amongst the conservatives, just that I've been speaking to. That's like you know, best actor Keanu Reeves. It's like this just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's real like knife fighty and behind the scenes in the conservative scene. I have to tell you, is it? They don't like each other. Like I'm used to like you know, Mark Zuckerberg's like. Elon Musk seems a little odd. Like, that's the worst thing he'll say, more right? more polite. That yeah, kind of polite. thing. Or Tim Cook is like, oh, that Facebook. You know, ooh, that Facebook. But these guys are like knives out. It's literally like sharks and jets. And there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes there. Which But what's, like, is Getter, are they making money? I just have no idea so. how no. these things I are think, doing. No, they, of course, the Rogan thing was a big opportunity for them. They've had a lot of yeah. signups, according to their people. Um you know, Rogan going, they've got to get like the pop. He's very popular and he'll bring in signups. They, they, mm-hmm. they, sources there told me they didn't pay him. I don't know. Who knows? Um, obviously, getting Glenn Greenwald is very popular on Rumble, I suspect. And he's got a popular mm-hmm. Substack. And, uh, and Tulsi Gabbard has her fans, I guess. I, you know, that's what they got to do sign up all these various stars of conservative firmament and get them in one place, just like Fox did, right? Fox created Hannity and Carlson and, I guess I don't know. I, I I think this group of group of people who consumes this stuff has an endless love of it. But how endless is it really? Like how much streaming bile can you take? I guess I don't know. What's well, they're popping up everywhere. I was contacted by a very high profile political person who mm-hmm. supposedly has signed up a very high profile comedian, philosophers, and says we're starting a centrist. Network, oh, oh, and I said, "Well, okay, well, I, I'm I'm all for it." But the thing that whenever I hear about these things that they sort of diminish is they never say, "Well, okay, the most successful media companies in the world, they found maybe with the exception of Oprah, they found talent." But what they the secret sauce was they had outstanding business minds. Ted Turner mm-hmm. was not a media guy; no. he was a businessman, mm-hmm. and it seems to me that these organizations undervalue what it's required to actually run the business and build a media company. They, they start with the talent, which I get, or they start with the content, but I just can't imagine. Yeah. I, I would just wonder, are they well-run companies? Uh, you know, they're so new. These are so new. I mean, Parler's the most interesting one. They were, they did have some momentum and and, and then mm-hmm. not because of their involvement in January 6th, which of course is coming up um, in just a few days. But um, I think you're right. I think it's too niche but you just never know. What's interesting is, look, Fox News and all the others have a very high-aged demographic who do not get on these social networks, right? Who don't, who consume the cable stuff, but not that. So that's an issue. The question is, can they inspire younger people who are conservative to consume this stuff? And that's a that's a big given. It's not a given, excuse me. Um, and they, and yeah, I think you, you you may, know, they have space on Facebook to pull this stuff. Facebook has tons of right-wing content there. So. Yeah, why can't, isn't it just another, I don't know. Well, then the man like, runs everything, whatever. You know, I, we'll see, we'll see. It'll be interesting. You Getters, have to have, it seems in social networks, you have to have the network part. You have to have the network effect, yeah. meaning that almost everybody has to be there. Or otherwise, I don't know, I just, how do you, how do you get to that sort of scale to um, create that if people want to be outraged at each other. And when they're all agreeing with each other, it yeah. just becomes an interesting chat group 
part. I, I don't. I don't see how they ever get the sort of momentum the others yep. already have. We'll see. Anyway. We'll see. The funding is also, you know, as you talked about the Trump Social Getter got funding from a fugitive Chinese billionaire. Uh, parlors, the Mercers. Um, you know, it'll. it'll I would not want to be a fugitive from China. Your odds are not good when you're a fugitive <laughs> He's from doing China. Fine. He's doing fine, I think. So, anyway, mm. it's, it's, an, I think I Twitter will remain. And by the way, let's just be clear Twitter doesn't just ban people on the right. Here are some high profile left adjacent people and groups who have been suspended by Twitter mm. in the past Al Jazeera Arabic, Joseph Cox of the Daily Beast, Splinter News, Raul Castro, um, all kinds of uh, uh, anonymous Germany. Anonymous Germany. We will not give you our name. Whatever. They've suspended lots of people. I think the question is transparency and consistency. Anyway, Mm. Scott, let's take on a quick break. When we come back, we'll Mm. talk about Netflix Russian woes and take a listener mail question about capitalism. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Scott, we're back with our second big story. The Russian government has some recommendations for Netflix. The streamer must carry state-owned channels in Russia per a government order. Netflix must also comply with Russian bans on so-called extremist content, which could potentially be used against Russian uh, Russia's opposition parties. Netflix may need to set up an office in Russia as well. Last uh, November, Russian authorities decreed that other tech giants, including Apple, Google, Twitter, TikTok, Meta, all had to establish a presence in Russia. Hmm. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. I don't. I think it makes for interesting media, and everybody stares at Netflix, expecting them to have much greater morality or than other companies that have to operate. The bottom line is, if you want to operate in these these countries, you have a decision to make. Yeah. You either play by their rules, which oftentimes are corrupt, or you leave. And so I don't. You know, it's it's pretty easy. I think they'll decide to stay and comply, and we'll get outraged, and there'll be articles. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I, I agree. It's happened before. Happens everywhere. At Netflix, particularly in 2019, it pulled an episode of Patriot Act from Saudi Arabia after the government threatened to legal action over a joke about the crown prince and the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. In 2020, it blocked an episode of Designated Survivor in Turkey because the Turkish government objected to its portrayal of a fictional Turkish president as a menacing dictator, which he is in real life. So you're right. It's like all the companies, all of them, all of them. I remember the first time I went to Dubai, I checked into one of these nine-star hotels on the 30th mm-hmm. floor and mm-hmm. went upstairs, and uh, wireless or internet was like $46 a day, and I figured out, and I paid my 46 bucks, mm-hmm. and then you know they block all sorts of websites porn yeah. Yeah. but and it's that's what they get to decide that they yeah. get to decide and then the 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 media organizations have a decision do they want to do they want to operate or not so i, I think that's a bit of I a, wanna I want to know why you travel to Russia to watch porn that's fascinating to me no dubai dubai, dubai. i'm sorry dubai to watch porn that's the one hobby that's portable <laughs> I it's see. like taking badminton it's like taking a volleyball net with you wherever you go in the world you know what you should do in dubai i go to their breakfasts cuz they have beautiful brunches there beautiful brunches in dubai well, if you go to their hotels, they just have. They yeah, I know. I stayed at I've the Armani to... Hotel and the El Al- Barad. 
I was literally like a fifth of the way up. I was on the 700th floor. It was so weird. Yeah, it's a weird place. I, I agree. Um, it's estimated that Netflix has about 1 million paying customers in Russia. So this is the problem of all these companies expanding. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of more. We don't pay as much attention to it, but there's all kinds. Casey Newton writes this about this a lot, actually, and so do others. In India, there's all kinds of crackdowns that are very serious. Uh, a lot of the action is taking place not in the U.S., even though it seems like it's taking place here, all the screaming. But re- serious um, pressure by the government on these companies is across mm-hmm. the globe, like including Russia, India's particularly, you know, Saudi Arabia. Um, and so you're right, they're going to have to just comply. They're going to have to comply if they want to work out of the, I mean, they could, they could take their, their, I don't know, Queen's Gambit and go home, but I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, we'll uh, see. Russians play a role in Queen's Gambit, Russian chess That's players. That's right. They must be mad about that. Yeah, they yeah. lost, just so you know. But then to they, an American woman to from American Ohio. Woman. But, She's you know, from and they're Ohio. gracious about it, which, of course, they wouldn't be. They'd, like, poison her or something. Anyway, uh, all right. Let's. That, I, I, I'm triggered. I'm triggered. <laughs> what? Whatever. They, he was so gracious. It was ridiculous. Those people are vicious, those chess players. Anyway. St. Petersburg, most yeah. beautiful city in Europe. It is quite beautiful. Maybe the exception of Paris. Yeah, I went there without boots. When I was visiting someone I was dating. I went there without boots. That's a great way to start a story. No, I went there Go without on. any... It was cold. It was. I was wearing sneakers, and I was like, oh, this is... And then I thought I could just buy boots, but of course, this was pre, really, capitalism there, and there was no boots available. Just so. when we were there, the 70s? No, it was when they just right after... You got a lot on borscht, or... <laughs> I had a lot I'm of sorry, uh, Pelmini. Pelmini is what I ate a lot of, which A lot is the car. A lot is the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay, Scott, let's pivot to a listener question. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You've got mail. This one came from Bobby from Florida via email. I'm going to read it. Hi, Kara and Scott. I have a question about something that won't sit right in my head. Let's start with an assumption. The ethical problem with Facebook is that they accelerated too quickly and ignored red flags about the harm it caused. It did so purely for the sake of enormous growth and profit. Couldn't we then argue that Twitter's abnormally slow growth could be saving society from similar harm? How do we rationalize wanting Twitter to think and act bigger for the sake of shareholders if we know that when tech companies go big, they often do so at the detriment of our society and humans in general? Thank you, Bobby from Florida. Mm. Let me just say, Scott, this is yours because you're the one always pushing the Twitter to get the bigger. So what do you think? I don't know necessarily know if this is true what she's saying, but go ahead. Yeah, so I, 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 don't, I just sort of don't buy into the premise of the question. I think Twitter is all of the calories of Facebook. It's all the, the toxicity, the junk science, making our dialogue, uh, our discourse more coarse, but mm-hmm. none of the great taste or profits. It's uh-huh. just, so Twitter is the worst of all worlds. Um, at least Facebook is creating an ecosystem and profits and tremendous shareholder value. Today, Twitter's stock price will close below where it closed on the first day of its IPO. It's been, it's been a 10-year experiment in proving it can't compete with Google and Facebook, yet it right. keeps trying to. Um, so I don't – and not only that, Twitter, I'm addicted to Twitter. I love it. It's yeah. a sewer. And yeah. it's um, – they, they are just as bad – I would say with the exception, they haven't been as successful at depressing teen girls as Facebook. They haven't been as successful (laughs) as deploying very charming individuals to delay and obfuscate damage to the Commonwealth whose grandchildren will just be horrified that grandma uh, graduated from Harvard and had tremendous opportunity to go on and be uh, Mark Zuckerberg's lipstick Mm -hmm. uh, and beard. Uh, And then the bottom line is Twitter – Twitter would like to be more evil. It just doesn't have – it's just not as well run 
uh, a it's business. It's not as evil. But it, you were saying that have this opportunity to clean up, like with green, et cetera. This is a huge opportunity for the a not only them for them to clean it up but to shift business models mm-hmm. um and he's got you know he's been there about three weeks now that means he's got about five months and one week to do whatever he wants because the board can't you can't right. fire a new ceo right um so this is his opportunity to not only not only make a shit ton of money for him and his shareholders but to go down in history as like a ken chanel or a ken frazier or someone who's you know, will be talked about by well, Jeff. Well, should Sonnenfeld. they do that that uh, that centrist social network thing? Do you think they should pivot to the center and news like this? There's, there's, I've I've heard a lot of cable stations talking about this, um, and so and I think that's what CNN Plus is doing. I think they're trying to occupy the center. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even think they need an editorial view. I think what they need is to say anything that resembles toxicity. First off, let's clean up all the anonymous bots. Where a ton of the venom comes from, and let's let's come clean with our advertisers that we have X number of daily active users, not seven X, because six X are bad actors putting on ski masks and showing up and pretending to be people they're not for their own, you know, malicious mm-hmm. reasons. Let's let's clean this shit up, and yeah. uh, they don't need an editorial view. I mean. They can, like you said, they've kicked people off on the left, except the right always claims they're being censored, which is total bullshit. The most visited sites on Facebook tend to be conservative-leaning. Mm-hmm. But they could say, I know, let's let's be less damaging to the Commonwealth. Let's realize that when people tear the fabric of America and pit, have algorithms that pit one person against another, there's just so many people you get into arguments with Twitter you just shouldn't be in arguments with. Yeah. And it's so, because the algorithm's saying, constantly saying, fight, So lately, have fight, you seen fight. the tense thing that they're doing? The like, this is a tense mm. conversation. Do you really want to be in it? It's but that's popped up a oh lot, maybe because I have tense conversations. But I don't if know. Alexa had that, it'd be going off every three minutes in uh, my house. Yeah, I know. It's, it's this is passive aggressive. He does have an opportunity <laughs> here. You're absolutely right, and I think you're right. They're not good at being evil. They're not good at being. They're just not. And and they also don't. They've tried. They've yeah. tried. They just well, can't it's scale a it. Platform too. It's a different thing. Facebook is a very different thing than Twitter. Twitter is like a quick, twitchy communications thing. Facebook is a whole universe, essentially. Like, you could do all kinds of things that you can't do on Twitter at all. You know, they've got more They don't landscape. have the technology. They don't have the ad sales team. Mm-hmm. They don't have—I mean, they just don't—it's not as well-run a business. It doesn't have the resources. It has an engineering team. The engineering team at Facebook that does nothing but sit there and wait for any innovation at Snap so they can rip it off is bigger than the entire engineering team at Twitter. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. they just don't, they don't have the resources, they don't have the scale, they don't have uh, oh, and they used to have a CEO spending four hours a week there. Uh, anyway, uh, don't yeah. get me started. No, okay, don't get me started. started. All right, so uh, Bobby uh, Scott does not agree with your premise, so they should go. What do you think? Talk. I, I think, do you think she's. I don't. I don't agree with this premise. I don't agree with this. It's not just because their capitalism does it. It's that. Um, I just think they're just, it was bad. They're badly executed. I think you're right. I think this bad, bad execution. Um, I think they could get big in lots of ways. You, you, Twitter's that one company. It's always in the news. There's so much promise and it never delivers. And I don't think it's because it can't deliver. Does that make sense? It can. This company never commands the space it occupies. We're yeah. talking about it every day. If if CNBC or even Fox kicked uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene off of their networks, there'd be a big yawn. But yeah. Twitter is so powerful. It's so your ability to just whenever you want push stuff out yeah. to your 10, 20, 50 million. It's incredibly powerful. And yet it's never been able to monetize that level of influence. Her question is a more broader existential one about capitalism. And that is when you have a profit motive, 
and you try to constantly grow, what happens is there are externalities. It happened in pesticides. It happened in big meat. It's mm -hmm. happened across every industry. And every industry will claim the same thing. They'll say, oh, we're different. We're, we're the chemical, we're the pharmaceutical industry. We're extending life. And even though we're addicting people with our drug, we're going to figure out ways to mask over that uh, externality such that we can continue to clock a lot of money because mm -hmm. profit is an incredible incentive in a capitalist society. It's also mostly good. The butcher and the baker don't give each other meat and bread out of purity. They give it so they can have better qualities of life. And it's it, that's what capitalism does. It leverages mm -hmm. our self-interest. And But what we also do is long-term, we go, I know, let's take a little bit of that money and that prosperity and let's hire smart, thoughtful people mm -hmm. who will regulate us when there's a tragedy of the commons. And that's the problem with social media is that the mm -hmm. growth, the externalities have, have scaled with the growth, mm -hmm. but we have not been able to scale our regulation and our, if you will, our discretion and our thoughtfulness around these companies the way we have with other industries. But that's, that's a key component of capitalism is profit, growth. The thing that's really interesting that I've been reading about, and I'm trying to understand it better, is that some people, economists, will say that over the last 20 or 30 years where we've really lost the script is we have been so focused on asset values. You know, don't save, mm -hmm. save some people. The real, the real fight, the greatest level of effort and resource allocation around uh, COVID-19 was around maintaining asset inflation. That over the last 20 or 30 years, we've been so focused on the value of assets, we've lost uh, even the capitalist notion of trying to increase productivity or, you know, good things for, for the world. We're more focused on sending a rocket up 60 miles and creating a PR event such that you can yeah. inflate the stock price of Virgin Galactic such that you can use it like an ATM to fund your failing airlines and cruise mm -hmm. companies as opposed to actually trying to do anything for mankind. Yes, It's just everything's around maintaining asset yeah. prices which have disconnected from the economy and disconnected from any sort of, I don't know, real, real value add. Um, right. anyways, that is a very good point. Bobby? Good question. We don't agree with you. Bobby from Florida. Bobby Florida. from Florida. That's from Florida. In the news, Floridian. Please send us more. If you've got a question you're curious about, go to nymag.com slash pivot and submit it for the show. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for wins and fails. Okay, Scott, uh, give us this week's wins and fails. Can, can I start? Can I start? Let me just yeah, say, absolutely. I love sure. Don't Look Up. Adam McKay's thing. I loved it. I know oh, it got... You, what, tell us about it. it. You enjoyed it. I thought... It, they, the, the person who... Uh, Mark Rylance, who played the billionaire, is so fantastic. Hmm. It's worth the price really? of admission. But it's actually very good. I think it it got really sort of meh reviews. Not bad, necessarily. But I guess they expect a lot from him. I thought it was very funny. I thought it hmm. was... It, it was exactly right. I, I liked it quite a bit. And I also like Matrix... Uh, uh, I think it's um, oh, really? Resurrection. The New the Matrix. Matrix Resurrections. Um, hmm. I, I thought it was very tongue-in-cheek. I thought Kane O'Reeve, who I love, is terrific. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought it was very heartfelt. I thought they were both very heartfelt. And I wrote about that in the Times. But um, I I just like them a lot. I find them to be wins. Um, and fails. Yeah, that's nice. Fails, I... This uh, my entire Christmas vacation, which wasn't one. <laughs> COVID, yeah. Oh my God! I'm sorry yes. to hear that. I, whatever. I'm okay. Sorry to hear that. I'll live it. Live it. Love it. Anyway, yours. Uh, mine are mine are sort of long. So my win, or I have two fails. My win is obviously uh, Betty White. It's sort oh. of taken away my. It's taken away my motivation for being a person because I always used to ask yeah. myself, what kind of world are we going to leave Betty White? Because I didn't believe she would ever oh, actually yeah. 
Pass, but a great actress, uh, served during World War II as a member of the American Women's Voluntary Services. And I think the thing that we really liked about her is you always got the sense, and it's similar to Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. you always got the sense she was a kind person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that matters over Reasonable. the long term. I think when you're in, Reasonable when you're in the public eye for 60 or 70 years, I think kindness does, I think it's you know better to be kind than clever. Uh, so She was uh, clever, anyways. too. Let's be clear. But by the way, she also did things like protect— well, snarky. You know what I mean. You know, well, I, I know, she but she also did things yeah. like the stories about her protecting uh, that— uh, African-American dancer that she did in the 50s. Mm-hmm. She said, get used to mm-hmm. it or something like that. Like, she was brave in the right times, and but not, mm-hmm. like, explicitly performatively brave. She just did it uh, and then said, just get used to it kind of thing. I just, yeah, you're right. Yeah. She's fantastic. That is a real fit. Is it a so fail? That's, a, that's an obvious uh, one. I have two yeah. fails. My first is I, I fail a need to talk about a couple things. One, uh, I, I get very contemplative at the end of the, uh, the beginning of the you year. Uh, any excuse to... Go inward and be depressed. What but, do you do? Do you like take um, a drink? Put us in the scene. Do you sit in a chair in Britain, in London, near the War Museum? What do you do? What's your methodology? No, I'm like I'm like Patrick Stewart in X Men. I go into Cerebro with that thing on my head, uh, and then bottle of Jack, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> okay. it is New Year's. It is New Year's. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, uh, so I, I joke a lot about my alcohol consumption, mm-hmm. but there really is. Um, for, uh, uh, alcohol abuse is is uh, like so many things through COVID has become a big, a bigger problem. Eighteen months into the outbreak, one in five Americans is consuming an unhealthy amount of alcohol, mm. and also gray area drinking. When someone experiences or has a drinking problem, but it's not a severe alcohol gray use area. disorder, and I think that everybody, I think January is a great time to think about restraint and and just evaluate your relationship with substances. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and just think about are these things getting in the way of your relationships? But my real, my real fail, <clears throat> we had something terrible happen <clears throat> in the Galloway family. My cousin Andy, who is uh, fifty-two, he and his mother and his sister, eighty and fifty-five, all came down with COVID. Uh, Andy was not vaccinated, admitted to the hospital with pneumonia, put in a breathing tube. He was supposed to get better. That was very hopeful, and then he crashed and and died. And oh, this is I'm not so a vaccine. Yeah, it's really rocked the family. Oh, my God. This is not a, a, a speech about uh, vaccination. I, I'm, I'm kind of under the impression that anyone who isn't vaccinated at this point, they're just kind of gone. We've lost them. It's really a, a lesson about staying in touch with people because, you know, we were, we were close when we were younger. We lost touch over the last 20 years, even though we really liked each other and enjoyed, enjoyed each other's company. I was trying mm-hmm. to think, why haven't I stayed in contact with Andy you know, it's the same excuse, right? Life gets in the way. You have kids, you have your work. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that it realize, it, you realize when something like this happens, nothing gets in the way like death. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what I'm doing, and I, I hope other people are doing, is I've written a, a, down a list of everyone that I have intentions to stay in contact with, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to do a better job because I think it's easy to fall into the trap if you are successful or you get a little bit of notoriety, people do a better job staying in touch with you than you do with them. Yeah. And it's lazy. And what happens is eventually people melt away. And I'm one of those people that has a real flaw around this. Mm. I haven't done a good job of staying in touch with people. And you kind of wake up and something like this happens and you realize, shit, you know, I really fucked up. Yeah. And so my lesson isn't about vaccinations. Well, no, Scott, you didn't fuck up. You had no way of knowing someone was going to not get vaccinated and then die of COVID. Well, I mean, well no, what I mean is I think when you become lazy and you don't maintain relationships, mm-hmm. it can really come back to haunt you yeah. uh, because it, it, things things like this 
uh, do happen. But anyways, <clears throat> my cousin Andy, he's survived by his mother, mm-hmm. um, his sister, and a nine-year-old son. Oh, no. this, I mean, th- so this this thing, it's like the, I feel like we're at the end of the war where there's going to be a lot of tragedy we're not waiting, uh, expecting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, stay in touch with people. You just never know. You don't. That is, I'm so sorry. That is sad. That is incredibly sad. It is sad. It's terrible. It is sad. Nine-year-old son. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that. There's, unfortunately, that's, uh, you know, again, we would like you to get vaccinated if you can, if you have children. <laughs> please yeah, do that. That's agreed. just, sorry. I mean, one of the things that I don't like about this whole thing, even though I really abhor people who are not getting vaccinated because I think they're putting themselves and everybody else in harm's way, is sort of the... Uh, cruelty around like they deserve it or or don't medic be doctors. My brother was horrified by those sentiments, you know, of like don't. Yeah, I why saw them. I mean, in this, he's like, of the, course, I'm the treating reason, them no matter what. Of course, and the reason, I mean, this this kid, I think it was a kid. He lived with me between his first between my first and second years of graduate school. Six foot three, handsome, thin, mm-hmm. no comorbidities. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have put a list of everyone in our family together, and he would have been at the bottom of the list of people that had a probability of dying mm-hmm. of COVID. So, I mean, it, it just not only was it tragic, everyone was just just shocked because, you know, healthy, like a little uh, thing. fairly Pneumonia young. Pneumonia is one of those um, things. Pneumonia is yeah, one of those just, things that just can just— no, it just really, just really is— waylaid everybody. Anyway, stay in touch with people. Yes, indeed. And get a vaccine. You should. I spend a lot of time staying in touch with people. You'd be surprised. I call a lot of people all the time. I think about that a lot. You know, people I didn't. I I had one person many years ago I was going out with who I wasn't in touch with, and I had started to write an email, and she died really suddenly of something really bizarre, a bizarre accident. And I had the email in my queue. Like, I didn't have time, and I'd never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that. Um, you know, apologizing for not being in touch, et cetera. And, you know, introducing her to my kids and things like that. Anyway, I'm so sorry, Scott. I'm sorry for your family and the child especially. Oh, thank you. Yep. Anyway, on that note, uh, Betty White. Now we've got to protect Dolly Parton. Betty White. Costs. Betty White. Let's protect Dolly Parton at all costs. She's moved up into the pole position of favorite person yeah, on the planet. Right. Correct? Is that correct? That's what, right. Am I right? Yeah, 100%. Um, speaking of someone who did a lot for vaccine development and, in fact, has been really pleasant and reasonable in promoting it and singing a great song with her hit, Jolene. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. There you go. Okay, Scott. That's the show. Please read us out. Today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Mia Silverio. Ernie Andretot engineered this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or if you're an Android user. Check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Pivot and Vox Media. We'll be back next Friday for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Nothing gets in the way of life like death. Are there people in your life that you care about and that you love? Reach out and tell them. Stay in touch. Stay in touch.